0: And welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. My guest today is Lawrence Gowen. Now Lawrence is considered the new guy in Sticks. When I mean new, I mean he's been in the band for 20 years. We talk about him joining the band. Their latest album, which is a really cool concept album called The Mission. And what controversial Sticks song is now back on their set list when they tour. But I first discovered Larry back in the mid-90s when I was in college in Buffalo. He's a super successful Canadian solo artist. So we talk about his music, why it wasn't released in the States. And go check out some of his cool videos on YouTube for Strange Animal, Cosmetics, Moonlight Desires, all great songs, all fabulous videos as well. We talk also a little bit about hockey. He's a big hockey fan, so we kind of rib each other a little bit on our teams. Lawrence was a super sweet guy, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Larry. And helping me relive my youth today is Lawrence Gowan. Lawrence, how are you today? I couldn't
1: be better. At all How's
0: yourself. I'm doing great. Thank you for doing this. this is a real treat. Um, before we get into sticks, I just want to talk about your solo work, which I'm a huge fan of. Uh, I just, yeah, I, I discovered you. I went to college in Buffalo, so I'm originally from your. Uh, New- uh, New- Yeah, in New York City. So the one good thing about Buffalo, besides the beer and the good, you know, wings, is the great Canadian music that I was able to hear. And I went, yeah, yeah, so in the mid-90s, I was up in Buffalo and I heard Strange Animal on the radio and immediately was drawn to it. Only problem was I couldn't find it anywhere in the city to buy. Uh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So, and when I did you know, go, up, you know, north of the border and you know get the CD, I, I was hooked. It was such a great album. Uh, why wasn't it, or why wasn't any of your music available in the states? Oh, that's a great question. That is the. Uh, I guess that
1: might be the question
0: that eventually led me to being Sticks. The the way. It, 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 can you hear me okay? Uh, yeah, I hear you. Okay. The, the, the music
1: industry was, I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a long story, but I'll, I'll, I'll kind of yeah. down. The way the music industry was, was um, structured in the, in the 1980s, uh, I was signed to Columbia Records, so CBS Records. And the way, the way it worked was that the, the, the major labels back then, the four big major labels, they really controlled, you know, who got to hear what <laughs> everywhere around the world. And for me, even though you were, you were just in Buffalo, for me it was, it was a frustration that I would have my music uh, out in, uh, in Canada, but it would not release in the United States. And no matter how hard we tried, uh, we just couldn't convince them to do it. And they had very good business reasons for that, but nothing to do with, uh, with music. And today it seems so antiquated when you think, you know. You, can, you can, I can make up a song right now and push send and it goes around the world right so it's very odd uh, that, that we lived in a completely different uh, under a different set of rules you know and that's why you couldn't find it in Buffalo but all you had to do was just step across the border and the record stores were jammed with them and you know Strange Animal was a was a triple platinum album in Canada, and only people such as yourself along the border discovered it through mainly through radio or television. You know, for the videos, or um, and then you know they found novel ways of, of going and getting it. So I'm glad you were one of those people.
0: Yeah, it, it was it was pretty funny. Only being 20 minutes from the border. And it's yeah. like this imaginary wall, and you know, walls—you know—a big, you know, term, so to speak, right now. But a, a different type yeah. of wall, having you know th- this great music, and it was, luckily I was able to discover it because that album would have would have blown up in, in the states. That's how good it was. Well, I'm
1: glad you, I'm glad you feel that way. It's um, you know, it's, it's funny that that uh, it, uh, you know when when that number of people go and go and buy a record, you know, there's there's, there's got to be something there, right? So. It was great validation when I joined Sticks that they went, look, we want we want to start playing a Criminal Mind, which Bill from Strange Animal, we want to start playing a uh, Criminal Mind and making that a Sticks song. So years later, that, that validation finally came through in the form of Sticks. So I, am you know grateful for that and uh, and and happy that, uh, that the ending's looking a lot better than the beginning was looking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right now, um, like the Strange Animal album was. Uh... Had a, had a basically a, a pretty great story you know, featured on the documentary The Turn of the Strange Animal, um, but it, yeah. it was recorded at a pretty successful musician's house, wasn't it?
1: Yes, it was. He was a very successful musician. Uh, Strange Animal was recorded. I'm glad you know all this stuff. Strange Animal was recorded at a place called Kittenhurst Park in Ascot, England, and that was the home in 1984. That was the home of Ringo, Ringo Starr. So... Um,
2: and prior to Ringo living there, it uh, was John Lennon. John right. Lennon part of the album *Imagine*. So
1: that, that album was made on pretty pretty much the same gear for the most part that, that was used on *Imagine* and on Ringo's albums after that. And uh, so there was definitely some uh, there was some magic in the uh, in, in everything about that the, the process of making that record. So that's that's that little story.
0: Yeah, and you had pretty, you know, successful and talented musicians recording that from Peter Gabriel's band, correct?
1: Of course, yeah. It was, yeah. It was in the 80s. I was, I was such a, a Gabriel fan and just as much a fan of the band. And uh, so Tony Levin, Jerry Marotta, and David Rhodes actually recorded on uh, on Strange Animals. <laughs> it was a dream experience. And Ringo was living there at the time. So having him basically come into the room and give, you know, some encouraging remarks was... Um, Everything about that experience was just, you know, you you, you can't beyond imagination, quite honestly. <laughs> right. And uh, it, it turned out extremely well. And I'm glad you. I'm glad you got a copy of the record. You're still digging
0: it. Oh yeah. I mean, now. I mean, I, I still have the CD. I have a couple of them. But now with all the streaming services, you can hear all. You know, all, all your music, and it's it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. But But um, yeah. with Strange Animal, the. the you you had you had some very entertaining and original videos. Did you did you enjoy making those? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did quite honestly. I, I really I,
1: I love the visual counterparts music. And in the eighties, it was it was essential that you made videos. Right. Otherwise, you know the only way to get on the radio was to get on TV first. Yeah. So uh, so yes, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed them. And um, you know if people want uh, something to be amused at, I guess they can go and look at those. Uh, those videos are all on YouTube as well. You'll, you'll see one of the most epic mullets in, in history.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: On, on those videos.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I really like the uh, the, uh, the cosmetic video. You, you basically take off your astronaut helmet. You have the nice mullet, and you play the piano. On. It's it's, it's I, I enjoy them. They're they're really entertaining.
1: The, thing, the things you can, the things you can entirely uh, get away with in the 1980s, yes. yes, yeah.
0: wonderful era. Exactly. Uh, do you still, uh, you still have the bone from the strange animal video? I <laughs> did not expect me to ask asked that question today. <laughs> uh, in fact, I do. Yes, in fact, I do. Just in case,
1: just in case the strange animal ever needs to make a make a return appearance, that bone contains the the DNA that's necessary for the strange. Animal. To
0: again. Right. And if if anyone doesn't know, you know, the strange animal video, video song or album, yeah. go check it out. It's fantastic. Song actually, you know, because I wouldn't say it's the second most popular song featuring a cowbell, it might be the second most, you know, known one. <laughs>
1: With oyster call a good number of times, I I might put no I might put Cal Bell for strange animal I might put that third. I I'd say that it's it's don't fear the reaper first right for Cal for cowbell and and one barrel in, in no part has put it to number one. Okay, I'd say Honky Tonk Women uh, by Mother uh, Rolling Stone. But that it's second because it opens with a cowbell riff. Right, and then I I would put strange animal though as, as a close as a close third. You never know where things can end up. It might it might wind up in second place before the end of the, before the end of time.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I had a Joe uh, Joe Bouchard from Pueblo Cult Calton last year, and uh, the only thing he talked yeah. about with, with Mark cowbell was that he had Horatio Sands play him in the SNL skit. He couldn't get over that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we did a gig with them actually earlier this year, and um yeah, yeah we we played. Usually once or twice a year, there'll be some gig with uh, Blue Aster their Hulk, and um, yes, yeah, I, I defy anyone not to uh, not to break into that uh, that sketch while they're listening to that song. It's such a great song. It's it's funny how it's had maybe a third or fourth life due to that sketch. But it just solidifies what a great piece of music it is.
0: Yeah, totally. And uh, you followed up Strange Animal with another fantastic album, I mean, A Great Dirty World, that had. Phenomenal songs, Moonlight Desires, one of my favorite, uh, One Brief Shining Moment. Did you go about recording that album did you didn't do that at Real Star's house, did you? That
1: that album was recorded in Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, again, this was this was part of our our, our plan to finally, you know, bring the um, the, the the US side of uh, Columbia Records on, on board with us. Right. And it was great because there were a good number of people within that company that really did want to champion it in the in the US. But it just you know, timing's everything in show business and in life in general and at that time, in 1987, we're at now. The uh, Columbia Records was being sold to Sony, okay. now known as Sony, of course, and uh, that was that created kind of a, you know, behind the scenes, there was a bit of a schism in that in that company, um, and a divide as to the, the ones who were in favor and the ones who were against selling the company to uh, to Sony. Eventually, Sony won out, and that's that's how things went. But if your record was not you know, right down the, I mean, they had Springsteen and they had, uh, Lamb, you know, George Michael. Unless it was right down the, the U.S. And, and, um, British line of, uh, lineage, it, it, seemed like it was almost impossible to crack. So you, you were asking about, um, Great Dirty, well, on my Desires, that uh, that song featured John Anderson from Yes.
2: Right. And, uh, John was a, definitely, I was a, John. You know, gigantic
1: yes and still am and always will be and it was an amazing thing that he he heard the song he was working on a, a record with tangerine dream okay and the producer of, of uh of my record uh played him some of strange animal and he really liked it and then he said well here's something we're working on and uh you know i met john and he's just he started riffing over moonlight desire just doing his his you know vocal acrobatics and uh you know, we asked him if he'd do it on the record, and uh, that's how that
0: wound up happening. Right, and I, I know you, like, toured in the States for a little bit. You opened up for Tears for Fears, I think. Um, were you yep. able to, yep. like, sell any of your, like, you know, albums, cassettes, CDs at your concerts then, in the U.S.? Not that,
1: No, not then. It's funny. Uh, that the, When we did the Tears for Fears tour, yet that was yet another... You know, um, at, uh, attempt at getting cracked from the U.S. market, and and those guys were great with us. By the way, they right. they really. It, it's funny because Strange Animal was number one in Canada, and and uh, Songs from the Big Chair, uh, their album was number right. one in the U.S. So really, it it felt great. And then we figured we would do the same in Canada, but eventually, I just I just did my own arena tour in canada and uh you know we're still in the backstory here but all of these things um eventually culminated in uh in me playing the sticks one day uh you know uh, opening for them and so and then two years later joining the band so it all is part of the of the uh, of that story i mean after after that record with um john anderson one and of my desires uh, three years later, the next album featured Alex Lyson from Rush. Right. So you know there was always this kind of uh, good, good, and then the following record, '93, had Robert Fripp from uh, from King Crimson. So there's always been this great kind of um, lineage to all the records that I that I'd made in the past prior to joining Sticks, that eventually kind of led to our our musical simpatico I like to call it, and. Uh, and, and how things eventually played out,
0: right? And you, you mentioned joining Sticks, uh, still the new guy, I guess, almost after 20 years. Uh, how? Yeah. I love that.
1: I, I never want to let go of that uh, right. of, of that denomination of that of that, <laughs> that title. The new guy in a band that's been around nearly closing in on on half a century. I mean, Sticks is is getting close to 50 years old. It's over 45 now, anyway. And I, you know, I'm very happy, honored, and you know, proud to, to have been in the band as
0: long as I have. Yeah, and you should be extremely proud of your latest album, The Mission. It's it's a fantastic album. Uh, how did um, you guys come up with the concept of The Mission?
1: Well, it is... I'm glad you said that. It, it is the, to me, in my tenure in the band, It's, it's to me our, our greatest achievement is that, that album. You know. um, it, we, we came up with we took a long time studio records, you know. Right. We made our first full studio album of original material in, in 2003. At that point, I was in my fifth year in the band. Okay. And then we just took a 14-year break, it right. seems. Yeah. We didn't really. I mean, in fact, when you're yeah. playing over 100 shows a year and you're, you're traveling around the world and, and uh, the music industry had shifted so much, it just seemed like uh, the, the, the demand was mainly for us to... to, to uh, and live recordings and live DVDs and TV shows etc of the of the classic material and so we focused on that but lots of new ideas kept surfacing over the years and and it's a shame that it took so long for them to, to, to kind of to kind of it into, into songs but by around 2015 three years ago we just we'd reached the the uh, the, the you know the, the point of no return, the quote <laughs> from Kansas album, right. Um where we just thought, look, here's a great concept, it, 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 man's mission to Mars, you know, and and, and the book that had come out, etc. It was on everyone's minds, and it was such a, a positive thing in a in a world um, for, for the entire planet, you know. I mean, really, I think space exploration is is the greatest endeavor of our of our lifetime, you know, as far as reaching forward. And um, we also happened to be big fans of NASA. And coincidentally, we had a couple of songs that were kind of leaning that way. Coincidentally, we were invited by NASA to witness the arrival of a spacecraft called the New Horizons. It, it left Earth nine years previous. And it was, they were invited to witness it arriving at Pluto yeah. on the day that it got there and it was sending back the, the pictures that eventually were in National Geographic of, of, of the planet Pluto. And the reason we were invited was that they discovered, um, through this mission, they discovered a fifth moon um, orbiting the planet Pluto, and they decided to name it Styx. So they oh. thought it would be great if they had the band Styx there to witness it. And it was you know similar to the start of this conversation, much like recording in the. John Lennon's house right. <laughs> with Ringo there. It was pretty amazing to, to think, "Wow, I'm I'm a little part of this band that just had a, a celestial body of our uh, solar system named after it." Um, so we that really made us dig in and realize we we got to finish this album and make this a concept about about uh, a mission to Mars. But then it, it, if you listen to the whole album, it goes on further and, and goes right out into the Kuiper Belt. Anyway the thing is the thing with concept records is you're allowed to do those anytime you want but you're stepping into very um, dangerous territory unless you happen to be a band from the 70s which says six is where right. it's it's very forgivable I think the great thing about the mission is that the, the concept is far secondary you know m- well, well below the importance of what the music is. And being able to personalize the songs that are on the record, I think, are, are what,
0: are, are what has, has led to its success so far. Yeah, and when you go out and perform that now at your shows, what's the response like?
1: Well, we, we recorded, we we performed Radio Silence for the last, over, over a year now.
3: And all I feel is love in this dream. Sand, water, the earth beneath my feet. I feel complete. I wake to darkness, remembering the fear I'm really.
1: since between have doing uh, Radio Silence and then Breaking into Crystal Ball and then going into Fooling Yourself. It's amazing how uh, enough of the, I call them the fixed faithful, has come to embrace that album. And, and you know, we look online uh, at our, you know, all the social media stuff and, and now the, the debate that we see arising over and over is where in the, in the in the echelon of of great albums, where do they place The Mission? And you know, it's it's on on the list. It, it seems to be in the top five uh, consistently with with people who love Grand Illusion and Pieces of Eight and Cornerstone. You know, and and The Mission is slotting in there nicely.
0: Yeah, no, it's 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 fantastic. I, I listen to it a lot lately. Um, now, a, a song that it's kind of you know dramatic i guess in Sticks' history is mr and now you're you're playing that again um what is yes. yeah now I, I love that song it's it's it's, it's a great yeah. song the album is great itself too now what what was the process like getting that back into the playlist and do you enjoy playing that song well I, th- I i i
1: thoroughly enjoy playing it i i have you know if if you look there's a good conversation in that if you look at the lyrical content of, of my own Um, solo material, uh, you know, which followed Mr. Ravado, which when it first came out, I guess, in 81 or 82. Um, You know, I I like songs about a character that that has something uh, something that they're dying to tell the world, but are kind of afraid to, and they use a song as the vehicle to kind of let, to express that. So, to me, Mr. Roboto is, is more about it's less about robots and more about a person who's on a quest and hiding their 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 true identity you know? I mean that, that to me is uh, it, that's a universal topic and one of the things I, I really like about that song and you know it's funny because it's been so controversial over the years in that it was, it was definitely the, the very different song for sticks to do in that era and and it draws a clear line between their 70s material and their 80s material. But it also, unfortunately, it led to that, the tour on that album, you know, as I, as I learned in my Sticks history class, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it led to the band breaking up for the first time. And, and that, the residual um, scars from that are, I have been long reaching for, for Tommy Shaw and for uh, James Young and Chuck uh, Pinozzo. But for the other three guys, Todd Zuckerman, myself, and Ricky Phillips, we don't have any of that kind of baggage attached to it because we're uh, relatively, as you pointed out, new. Right. <laughs> so whenever, whenever we would bring up, hey, why don't we play Mr. Roboto? You know, a bunch of people asked for We should do it. And it was always kind of put on the back burner, like, yeah, maybe one day. And I think, I think something basically clicked after we did the mission. You know, we suddenly yeah. felt, well. We feel much more comfortable with who we are now, and the guys that were in the band way back when are much more comfortable with the with the way the band existed. And none of them ever had anything disparaging to say about the music on Joel I Was Here. Right. It was just the touring experience of that record that they found um, well unfortunate and and, and uh, led to their you know led to their temporary demise. So. Once we started turning that song it was amazing how it became it became much more an expression of, of not just the, the the legacy of the of the song but but we approached it as this band would approach it you know and I think the the rendition that we do of it is um, it's well keeping with the with the current lineup
0: right uh, what was like the initial response to the crowd when they first heard that oh
1: <laughs> they were shocked at first you could, you could practically hear the gasp. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, it was on the tour we did this summer with, uh, with John Jet and, and that's part of the motivation as well we wanted something really unexpected since John Jet was a very unexpected actress to tour with it right. um, this year but it was really a successful thing and uh, no you could it was there was a palpable kind of in the audience and then this roar of like yeah we've um, you know let's hear it you know we uh We've been playing it
0: every night ever since. Yeah, that's great. How did you get one of your songs, The Criminal Mind, into the set
3: To say a few words here in my own defense. Some people struggle.
1: Um, remembered when I did the show with him in Montreal right. uh, he just remembered that when I started this song <laughs> and were, after about the first three or four notes uh, he heard this roar come from the, <laughs> the audience, it was about 17,000 people there that night and that's really what prompted him to come out from backstage and see what was going on and when he heard the song and he heard the audience singing it, he actually remarked to me then he goes, that, I wish that was a, a stick song so two years later, when I went and we, you know were testing out our voices together, he said, "Why don't we make a criminal mind a sticks song and do a, a sticks version of that?" And so we've we've done that on a couple of uh, live albums so far, and we love getting that done and dusting it off.
0: Yeah, it's a great, definitely a great song. Uh, last question before I let you go: um, Do you remember where yeah. you were when you first heard one of your songs on the radio, and which song was it?
1: Yeah, it was. Um, well, it was a song from my very first album. Uh, it was 1982. That was, that was not a successful record. <laughs>
2: it
1: was my second album, Strange Animal. That's the one that really, um, that really solidified my Canadian career, anyway. Uh, but my first album, uh, the, the kind of title track, if you want to call it that, was called Keep Up the Fight.
2: why <laughs>
1: <laughs> and suddenly, I uh, but I had my own fault <laughs> Right. <laughs> and a friend of mine called up and said, "Oh my God, you know, I, I think it was Q one hundred seven. They're playing uh, in draw. That's the station draw. They're playing Keep Up the Fight." So I run out to my van, you know, very, uh, my rusty van, and crank the thing on. And then I, I remember, I remember there was a kid across the street, maybe ten years younger than me. And I just called him over immediately. I'd never spoken to the kid. And I like, come here, come here! You got to hear this. <laughs> the kid comes over, thinking, "What the hell's going like, This guy trying to cut me into his van for it? <laughs> 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 He stood at the, at the driver's side, you know, and at the window. I opened every window, and uh, you know, you had to crank them all down, and just blasted it. But um, but unfortunately, that song never it never caught at that time. The, the funny thing is, years later, you know, after Strange Animals, right. that first album eventually
0: did sell really well, and that's that's still a standard one of these solo shows. Oh, that's great! Oh, one Are more—you uh, a big hockey fan? Shit. I'm
1: a giant hockey fan. Are you
0: in Buffalo right now? Well, I'm—I I live in Connecticut now. I'm originally from New York, so I'm a big yeah, a big Islander I mean, fan. Yes, uh, as you know, oh, you're a big Islander fan.
1: Yeah. Well, well case, my apologies. <laughs> my apologies to you. For taking away your, your beautiful
0: Tavares. Yeah, I know. Thanks. Yeah, I'm really sorry. Uh, I guess you
1: know, I don't have to tell you what fan. I mean, by law, I have to. You
0: tell
1: have, to be. I have to, man. you fan. Yeah. And uh, yes, Tavares is sitting in
0: very nicely. Thank you very much. Yeah, he, he's doing well. But uh, we got Lou Lamorello from you guys, so uh, I know it's you know it's it's I, I been am. a good trade off so far. But yeah, it, it it hurt over the summer losing yeah. him. Definitely. <laughs>
1: I'm sure, but, you know, the, the legacy of the Islanders, I mean, you guys have won, you've had four Cups since, uh, you know, it, 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 it's been 50, over 50 years since, I, since we've seen the Stanley Cup in Toronto. Um, so um, you never you, you never know. But I'm glad to hear you're a hockey fan as well.
0: Oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, the Leafs are in danger of getting their you know name off the Cup soon.
1: There is, there, there is. There is danger in the air. I'm not even going to say
0: those words, though. Yeah, I know, but the the, the, yeah, the, the, the yeah the team is fantastic though this year, so it's uh, they I, th- I think know, they have a chance. I, I'll,
1: tell you so, I'll tell you something funny. The uh, the last time the Leafs won the Cup was 1967. I was 10 years old. Wow. And <laughs> I remember the winning goal right. uh, was scored by a fellow named Jim Pappen. and Jim Pappin you know a great career at the Chicago Blackhawks after that. Well, he came out and saw a stick show. Okay. Uh, earlier this year, he, lives in, he was in California, and he came and saw us there. And he he bought me one of his uh, a leaf sweater. I know in America you call it jersey,
0: right? But uh,
1: yeah, he scored the, the winning goal for the Leafs to win the cup in nineteen sixty seven. So, come on, Tavares.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bring it on, baby. exactly. I mean, Austin Matthews, all, all those guys are tremendous. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah great I, team. Yeah, I I took my son two years ago. We went for his birthday up to see a game of Buffalo when the Islanders played, and then we went the next yeah. day to the Hall of Fame, and we went to uh, I guess what is it called Scotia Bank now arena, but um,
1: yes, that's right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, 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 it changed the name now that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we saw a game there, and that that was a lot of fun. So because Tor- I love Toronto. It's such a great city. That's great. Well,
1: good. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. Actually, you know what? For your, for your listeners that are in the region, I guess, we are, I am playing a couple of solo shows in that area uh, coming up in February, there's one in St. Catharines, okay, yeah. um, although I know that one's all, that one's sold out, but right. the, there's one also in Burlington, which is not terribly far from, from Buffalo, so if anyone in that area would like to come and see a gallon show, um, you know, hopefully one day I'll come down play the Charles again, does it still exist?
0: Oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Um,
1: oh yeah, yeah. That, was, that was that was a place in Buffalo where I used
0: to love playing right you, you gotta make some uh, solo shows in New York City as well
1: it would be great I just I just don't know if there are enough people like you know that are familiar with my material but maybe maybe we'll we'll figure out there, I am
0: doing one actually in Baltimore next month yeah I saw that yeah um
1: you know, and I kind of, I kind of do a hybrid of sticks material and my solo material, and a little bit of other stuff. Do some Queen things and, and kind of buried up. So you never know. One of these days, it, it could happen if someone's uh, ventures enough to, uh, to to want me to do a solo show there.
0: Right, that'd be great. But Lawrence, this was fantastic. Thank you for a few minutes today. I really appreciate it.
1: Hey, my pleasure. Noel. great to talk to you. I'm, I'm glad you. Uh, you certainly know the, the history and the lineage of, of how he eventually became a member of Sticks. so thank you very much for that.
0: And a special thanks to Lawrence for joining us today. Go check out his website, gowan.org. Styx's website is SticksWorld.com. On Twitter, Sticks the Band. I'm at the first one 19. Be sure to like the Page Living My Youth on Facebook, go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. If you don't have iTunes? The show is on Spotify. Just search Living My Youth all one word. It's on Podbean, SoundCloud. Go check out Tpublic.com for all your merchandise. Just search Youth. A new episode of Living My Youth comes out every Wednesday. Before we go, here's another song from The Mission, "He Dive." See you next week.